The goal of the Salumas podcast is simple. Take a candid, objective, and often comedic approach to the human condition. In keeping with this, the use of expletives, crude humor, and references to harsh realities are commonplace. If you find any of this to be offensive, please throw your listening device in the trash. If not, enjoy the show. Podcast, Chris. Why are you like this? This is Kalu. <laughs> this is Chris. This is Brandon in the background. And today we are joined by a good friend and someone we have wanted to have on here for quite a while. You're doing something funny, Brandon. What? What's messed up? Sound messed up? Look how little that is. <laughs> Brandon, <laughs> put your pants back <laughs> on. Put your, put your, pull your pants up, bro. No, no, no sound. Okay, go ahead. Keep going. What? Okay. Am I good? We good? You're better. I don't know what's going on. You're anyway. Gr- you're great. Keep going, All baby. Right, so you got your spit bag? No. Fuck you off. a motherfucking lie. It's sitting in your chair. It I put is. it there I'm for you. On it. But uh we have a special guest and it's someone that I've wanted to have on here for a very long time. Go ahead and introduce yourself. My name's Heather. I don't know what else to say about that. Um, My name is Heather. I work in community mental health. Uh, I've got two kids and my husband, and I do amateur strongman with Tyler Young, who you guys shout out to Mm -hmm. a lot. Yeah. Sweet, sweet. So today's episode, um, we had a couple things that we were going to go over, and uh, you know, we Chris and Brandon and myself, we had talked about one thing, and I still want to be able to talk about it, and then. You know, after after that point of us talking, I think uh, Heather, myself, and Chris, we had a conversation, and I was like, "Fuck it, let's just have you on," you know. And uh, so we were talking some more this uh, this afternoon, and Chris and I was just like, or I think you might have been on the group chat, but I was just like, "Let's just make it a, a, a yeah." Down but don't give a episode. fuck what you think, huh? I do, you asshole. <laughs> but uh, I said, "Let's just go." Let, you know, we decide let's just go down the rabbit hole. And let's make it one of those episodes. And um, I actually, I actually like those episodes a lot, just because they're essentially undirected, and uh, we just kind of go into whatever topic. But I know that we all had a couple things to talk about, so let's it's kind of like started. it's kind of like whenever you don't know, you don't have anything specific planned for dinner, but you go to the fridge and you just get like you a, just start whipping some a handful shit up. of olives and like a slice of cheese, <laughs> a and handful shit. of olives, hey, it's and all of a sudden though. you have chicken and I'm like, I'm like, like I, I shed one single tear because I'm like, this is only possible because I'm an American. <laughs> I don't understand. So you guys don't just cook ramen. No. No, nah, because huh. when you do that, your shit turns out to be like braised lamb chop. It is true. It is true. I'm pre- I'm preparing for the worst. Like I, I've already uh plotted out a few different spots where I'm gonna go harvest some mushrooms and then potentially have to force feed them to Kalu to keep his weight I'll up. And fight you. I know you will, but I love you enough to beat your ass to feed you Oh You're just like I'm doing this because I love, I love you. you. Open up. Here comes the airplane, Kalu. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Heather, we had uh, one of the big things for having you on is you sent a picture of um, uh, just the different support systems in, in one's life, and uh, I think that would be a good starting point, um, okay. and I think that it could certainly segue segue us into the other things that we were talking about. Um, can you just 
like take us from the top with that? Yeah, sure. So um, the thing I sent you is something that I was using with clients. I work in community mental health. I used to work with kids. I just transitioned um, a month ago to starting to work with adults, but I did kids for five years. Um, so something that we use with families, especially like when it's time for us to stop our service with them is like, okay, so I've been meeting these needs for you. I've been, you know, helping with, let's say, supporting the kid in school, making sure IEP meetings go smooth, troubleshooting any behavior problems, getting him connected in sports or with other kids to practice social skills. So once I leave, like, what are y'all going to do? Like, who's going to fill this void? So I would sit down with families and um, it's just kind of like uh, a bigger circle. And, you know, they get smaller as it gets closer to you, kind of like you guys were talking in the last podcast. So we start identifying people in the community that could fill those voids. So maybe like in the outside circle, we might talk about like the kid's soccer coach or like a youth leader in church, maybe a priest, something like that. And then as you get closer and closer, it's people who could provide. Brandon, stop smiling. You said <laughs> priest, and I saw your face. No. What at, is it, Brandon? I was looking at the knobs. Okay. God uh, damn it. Quit playing it. with your knobs. What are you doing? <laughs> I swear to God. If you don't stop taking LSD before you know <laughs> Making everything sound beautiful. All right, go on. Okay, so right. just like... Uh, as the circles get smaller, people who can provide more support. So then we might talk about like extended family members, like can grandma help you guys get to your doctor's appointments now that I'm not working with you anymore. Yeah. Um, and then maybe like a neighbor who could check on the kid when they get home from school, if mom's working and you know, they're kind of concerned about like a teenage kid being home by themselves for a few hours. Uh, and then those really core supports, like, you know, the people closest to the family. So maybe mom and grandma are the ones who are really like day to day with this kid. So just kind of going through and identifying who those supports are so that once you stop like a traditional service, like case management or therapy, who's going to make sure things are still running smoothly after. That shit's a shock. Yeah. And that's, I think that's a big piece of the puzzle that we often miss as service providers, civil servants or whatever is we, we take people out of one context and put them in another context. And it's like, there's very little like weaning off or acclimation period. Mm -hmm. It's, it's you've met a certain criteria or not met a certain criteria. Mm -hmm. And as a result, we're going to put this in place or not put this in place. Right. You know, for me taking it outside of, the field that you guys have, I think that historically the thing for, or the gauge of how good of an adult or whatever you are, I feel like it used to be how independent you were and how independent and how, or how much you can do shit on your own and how you didn't need anyone to do anything. I feel like it's kind of shifted over time where it's like, I think the measure of an adult is how supported you are. Um, in the age of, you know, where a lot of us are struggling with mental health. And I feel like we've always struggled with mental health. It's just out into the forefront now. But uh, how how well that you're supported by your friends and all these other people out there, I think that is now become the true gauge of, of you know, quality of life or quality of an adult or something like that. What do mm-hmm. you guys say? Well, and, and I, I'm brought back to, is it Maslow hierarchy of needs? Hi. Is that Maslow? It's Maslow, That's yeah. Maslow. Okay. I, I'm I'm I can't help but believe that part of us, like even the exceptional amongst us that want to contribute, part of the formula is to keep us off balance a little bit. Mm-hmm. We're not in a position where we can really accrue any meaningful amount of capital to transcend our social position. 
but we're compensated just enough to keep us showing the fuck back up. Yeah. And we're given health insurance. <laughs> and we deal with a population that other people, many people, the upper middle class, I guess you would say, would rather not yeah. even consider exists. They would rather turn a blind eye to. So I think, you know, we, we talk about mental health um, being more diagnosed, uh, especially something like autism. Um, they've used that as uh, that there's something in the fucking water or there's something in vaccines that's causing <laughs> this uptick in autism when in reality it's more in the vein of like the neurodiversity concept where it's always been around. Um, it's been called different things over the years. It's had pejorative you know, monikers and everything else, but we are better at diagnosing that. But also I think we are, we are subjected to an environment that is inherently not where we are at biologically and psychologically sure, as sure. a species. I think that we've created this artificial environment that, again, we're overwhelmed. We're, mm -hmm. we're on the precipice at all times, and we're completely fucking overwhelmed yeah. by it. Do you think that in your role, Heather, that you are a part of that artificial environment? Oh, absolutely. Um, one of the big things, like, my boss sat me down maybe, like, I don't know, a year into doing this job, and she was like, you, you're doing too much. You're oh. doing too much because at some point my whole role is to work myself out of a job. I need to teach the skills so that a family can provide for themselves and handle these crises mm -hmm. without calling me at nine o'clock at night on a Saturday and being like, little Jojo's hitting me and I don't know what to do. Like, You're like, bitch, hit him back. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't say that. No, no. That's um, why I could do We think Jojo it, but we don't say hands, it. Though. Yeah. <laughs> um, so kind of having to work yourself out of a job and it was something, you know, even in the last few years, I've kind of looked at my own life and been like, oh, where am I trying to do like too much? Like at some point I had to recognize and be like, okay, I, I pride myself on being a good mom, a good wife. I'm good at my job, but why am I, I don't have to do all these things. Like mm. there are other people in my life who can take over these roles and help me when I need it. Like I don't always have to tell my mother-in-law like, no, it's fine. Like you don't have to take the kids. Like I'll do it. Like, yeah, give me a break, bitch. Like that'd be yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah. like, just sure. taking other people all up on that offer of helping you. Like doesn't make you weak. It makes you strong because you're able to concentrate on yourself and be like, Hey, you know, yeah, I really do need a break. Yeah. Like I really asking do need for help is fucking asking hard. It is. Especially hard. again in in our in our profession. You guys are used to helping people. Like, yeah, that's what you're yeah. supposed and, to do. So amongst ourselves, we got generally speaking, there's there there tends to be a more coarse sense of humor because mm -hmm. we deal with heavy duty shit on a regular basis. But we also we take pride in the fact that we're capable of dealing with these crises. And I think a lot of times we don't we don't reach out because we we have to be that pillar. Mm. Mm -hmm. And feeling like you have to be that pillar doesn't make a lot of room for you feeling like you can show vulnerability towards someone else. And, yeah. and that, that doesn't even necessarily translate to a therapist. It also translates to like an interpersonal relationship with like friends and yeah. uh, spouses, things like that. You You tend to fuck you tend to be less sympathetic you gotta you gotta reframe things and not look at it as a fucking civil servant you gotta be like okay problems are relative mm -hmm. so you had a rough ass day i can't negate the fact that you had a rough ass day with the fact that um i had to kick a fucking door in um to get somebody out of their unit mm -hmm. 
Are you, is it like that in your house? Oh yeah. Like sometimes I'll come home, my husband, you know, he'll be like, man, I just had a rough day. Like I was working on, on this line and we were having to throw 50 pounds of rubber and like that sucked. And I'm like, oh yeah, really? Uh, I had to call DCBS and get a kid removed because mom was smoking crack. And now yeah. those kids don't live with their mom anymore. Yeah. Like it's not. A so fun- does it make it hard then to talk with them? Yeah. I mean. I guess we both just had to realize like it's not a fucking competition. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. your that's, your that's day sucked it. and so did mine, and they sucked in like way different ways. But and, you're and, tired and I'm tired. And, and, and the expectation element is is a big fucking part of it too because we don't. Again, I mean, we vent to our coworkers or we communicate with our coworkers, but it's not this. You know, I'm really having a hard time type shit. Yeah, it no. generally is not. <clears throat> so whenever we go home. Like whenever I'm interacting with my girlfriend and and she's got some shit going on, I lightweight take it personal that I'm not even like considered like like if she knew I had a client die like a week before my selfish ass. And this is me being selfish. This is a sense of entitlement, like because of what I do for a fucking living. But uh, if I had a client die recently it it rattles you even mm-hmm. if you're not close with them you expect that person to know that that shit's bouncing around in your head mm-hmm. things like that like mm-hmm. the trauma that you experience you expect them to at least give you that that birth of understanding and you can't goddamn do it we got to realize we're the fucked up ones mm-hmm. <laughs> we are we're the ones that's damaged because yeah. of all this collateral trauma that we experience all the fucking time so we can't go to somebody whose problems are relevant to them and do this apples and oranges bullshit because we're just going to work ourselves into even more unhappiness Mm -hmm. so how do you then heather become a a pillar of support or part of your daughter's you know support Mm -hmm. ring i know that she's still very young and stuff like Mm -hmm. that but with this stuff in mind you know, the boo-boos and all that other kind of stuff, it doesn't, does it really even mean the same anymore? You're just like, okay, you're crying, uh, but this person is like dying, you know? Honestly, I think it it makes me more attuned to my son and my daughter, like understanding what they're going through because I watch like these families and I'm like, oh, like nine times out of 10, yes, kids have problems, they have mental health problems, they're causing a disturbance in their house, but like nine times out of 10 or maybe more, like, you came from a fucked up family. Mm. Like, and that's what generations really, of it. Yeah, yeah. Generations of it. And so like, yeah, little Jojo's punching mom, but like, that's probably because he saw her like ninth new boyfriend in a week punching mom. And yeah. so that's, that's what's really going on. So. Little Jojo's the new boogeyman. I just want y'all to know. <laughs> <laughs> little Jojo going to kick yeah. yeah. So Jojo's hot under your pants. No. So it kind of just makes me like, I guess in a cliche way, like cherish my kids even more because I'm like, I'm so glad that like, these things aren't happening to you. Like mm-hmm. I'm so lucky that like, y- you know, me and Caleb are together. Like we're, we're supporting you. Like I have a great husband and he's nurturing to them. Like, I'm so glad that you're not in this position like they are. Yeah. So I take all of their little things really seriously because it almost puts me on guard. Like, I don't want to be that mom that's not listening to her kid. Sure. I don't want to be like these families where this kid feels like no one's listening to him, even though he's expressing that he's hurt or scared. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, you got a boo-boo here. Like, climb in my lap. Like, maybe I over-nurture because I'm just like, I want you to be heard so much because I've seen what happens to kids who aren't heard. Do you worry, though, that you, you might be, and this, you know, is both of you, you know, do you all worry that you might be, doing too much to sort of compensate for 
the stuff that's happening there because this kind of leads into one of the topics that I wanted to bring up, <clears throat> but I'll do it later on. But I want you guys to answer that question. Um, whenever you're in an environment where you're dealing with that kind of shit all the time, like whenever something at home happens and you're just like, you have to jump in there and mm-hmm. be, you know, captain mom or captain boyfriend or whatever. Like, don't you think that there is some merit to sort of letting people figure shit out on their own too? Oh, just yeah. kind of like the way a lot <clears throat> of us did. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, um, sometimes it's just like a fucking balance. Like sometimes you're over parenting and you're fucking helicopter and your kids aren't learning shit on their own. And sometimes you're one of those parents who's just like ignoring them and they're fucking latchkey kid and not getting it. So trying to find the balance is hard. Like there have been times where I've, you know, gone full mental health on my son and been like, there's one time I think of, he got in trouble for hitting someone, obviously not. Okay. Yeah. But I came up with a behavior plan and I typed it out and we both signed it. And I like marched my ass up to boys and girls club. And I'm like, he is not going to be playing basketball. He's going to be sitting and reading for the rest of this week because he put hands on somebody and here's our contract. And the lady looked at me like I was like on crack or something. (laughs) And I was like, Sorry, but like this is She's just like, how we're rolling. This like, is what white people do. Yeah, it was, it was some, <laughs> I feel like we had an agreement. It was some true white people. We had an agreement. Yeah, it was. But I mean, I guess it's all a balance. And at the end of the day, like you can just try to do the best you can. But I'm sure Chris can echo it too. Like sometimes yeah. you're just overdoing it and you know you are. But like the risk of underdoing it, I feel yeah. like that's it's bigger. It. That's it. It, it. it It really comes down to risk yeah risk reward i think that's life in motherfucking general yeah and and i've i'm sure i've said it before there are cases with um individuals that i provide services for where they are entering into the twilight of their life and it's not even necessarily age it's like it's just a culmination of multiple health problems <clears throat> And it's continuing to deteriorate, but this person still has enough of their own faculties to make informed decisions for themselves. So essentially what you're doing is just giving them a bid at normalcy. Mm. You move them out knowing that it's temporary and that this you and it's macabre to say, but you move them out into what might end up being the last place they're ever alive, mm-hmm. you know? Um, the key element, and I know that's a, a dark place to take it, and it's it's different than you know raising children. It's the opposite end of the spectrum. But the key is, and I think she would proxy this, is that, um, and I think a lot of people miss it, especially when they want to act like mental health is, is hokum. It pisses me the fuck off. Because mental health is not one thing. It's tailor-made to the individual. Mm. It doesn't matter if you're a child yeah. or you're 92 years old. Yeah. Your particular plan, if your service providers are doing their fucking jobs, is tailor-made specifically yeah. to you. And it gets tweaked, just mm-hmm. like, you know, it, along with the medications, the approach, everything gets tweaked in accordance to what's what's facilitating the best quality of life. That's what a lot of people forward. don't understand with, with mental health. A lot of people try to put a take a blanket approach to it like motherfucker i don't want to meditate like that's just not part of my mm-hmm. mental yeah. health you no know? It, like someone i'm like i'm wasting so much time yeah. i could be watching rick and morty yeah. <laughs> well i told you i think i did it in an episode where someone asked me like uh when do you ever just sit down and chill like 
that's not part of my mental health. Kalu is just in the chill. living room twerking. Yeah, if he ain't like, got nothing else going on, he's just I'm just a little twerking. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if I was a girl, I'd be doing like Kegels or some shit like that. I would do, just have quit something like that you I'd don't be do doing. Kegels. I do butt Kegels. Yeah, <laughs> you do, you, your pelvic girdle, like, ah, that girdle ah, you got. <laughs> So Crack a walnut like, with that grundles is. Have you seen how Lizzo can like play the flute and twerk at the same time? I Who's have Lizzo? seen that. You have seen that? Yeah. That is crazy. I just see Kalu twerking and like typing, just like <laughs> this is how I come up with stuff. <laughs> <laughs> the room stinks. <laughs> but no, you're right. I mean, if, like if especially if you're an anxious person, like telling you, like, why don't you sit down for ten minutes just in the quiet? Like yeah. damn, that's my, gonna fuck your shit up. Yeah, like, that's not damn, good my, girlfriend, <laughs> my girlfriend has to be doing something constantly. Whereas I'm I'm more of the let me like walk on the edge of oblivion for a second. Like let me push myself to the point where other people won't. Yeah. Incrementally. And then go be lazy as fuck. Like that's what I like to do yeah. is do all the awful all yeah. at once and then sit and be like, look what I have done. I sure. feel satisfied with think, the work I've accomplished. I think that's a pretty normal gender difference. Like I think that women are more likely to just always be like, okay, well I'm gonna do this and then I'm gonna do this and then I'm gonna do this. Yeah, goddamn. Yeah. And, and I'm trying to chill and she's like, Will you help me hang this mirror? And I'm like, I am going to lose my motherfucking mind. <laughs> It's like, I'm willing to give you seven you, years of bad luck. Can't you see just, just sit down with these nachos? <laughs> <laughs> They're going to get cold. No, that's like definitely, I think, something I see, especially like not just in my own life, but like in mental health. Like women are perfectly fine with like, I'm going to make a schedule for cleaning. And like yeah. on Mondays, I'm going to do this. And on Tuesday, I'm going to do this. Like my husband will be like, oh, the house needs to get clean. And he will take like balls to the wall an hour and a half and like put on some music and just like work like. Yeah. Like risky business and like in like, his underwear just like slides our house the is immaculate yeah. i'm like well that's wonderful but like it, it it probably took him like four weeks to get to that point though right is he the type that it has to get to our house will look like an abandoned building yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> it literally looks like war-torn chechnya and you're just like what the fuck and then he just all of a sudden makes it look right that's that's how i am yeah. That's Thank totally you. how. Is that how you are, Red? That's how I am too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I. I can't operate on that that type. Of See, thing. I don't know. My thing, like, because I, you know, my girlfriend and I have been lightweight cohabitating. Yeah. So we got a, a, a decent little schedule going on. I cook, and then you know she'll she'll do the dishes or whatever. But I do things that she's not capable of. Like she'll be like, "That's an interesting log that someone has on the side of their house. We could decorate or whatever with it." She can't get that log. I got to get the log. That's what you saw. I was all bruised up. Remember, I was was like, where is it going with this? I was like, what happened to you? Did you get beat? What is going on? I had that big ass bruise. I had that big ass bruise on the inside of my arm. And then I'm like, oh, okay. Well, she understands that I have this utility. So I should be allotted. Again, this leeway over here, but it's, it never it no. never stops. Like I'm no. like I've done a feat of strength. I've tried to teach your kid gymnastics in the yard, and he didn't want to do anything. Yeah. And then now you're like, I really think that this elephant ear would look better over there at the other end of the carport. I know it weighs two hundred pounds, but yeah. no, not there, not there. I don't like it over <laughs> yeah. there. You no, strong, I, man. You, you got this. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm not that strong. Or she's when you're in a relationship, give you more bruises, dude. When you're in a relationship, your strength <laughs> is for groceries. 
It's the oh, whole yeah. grocery bag. See, that's where like, I, that's where I fucked up because uh, I started doing strong man. Yeah, so now you're my, the one carrying well, I mean, all the my husband's bag. big and strong too. But like now he's like, bitch, you can do it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> why are you gonna ask me? You're, you're trying like, to open. He, he he won't even like. Uh, he makes you open your door on your own and all this stuff. He's like, bitch, you're strong enough. Will you walk you in the house this? and slap him on the ass? Mm-hmm. Oh, please tell me you do. Oh yeah, hey baby, slap yeah. that tater and then just ride the wave. <laughs> slap that tater and just slap ride the wave. Good God, that's nasty. No, but. I, I'm I did. a nasty motherfucker. <laughs> I sold myself up shit creek because I started doing strongman, and now is hey, um, you know, we went and bought this. What was it? Oh, Tyler, our friend Tyler, he got like some gym equipment. He didn't have room at his house for it. He was like, hey, you want to put it in your garage so you can do some workout shit at home? And I was like, fuck yeah. So he brings it over, and him and Caleb start unloading it off the truck, and they were like, you gonna. Uh, yeah, and I was like, the kids, there's. Yeah, he was like, nah, they're good. No, Sit down, go get some. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just carrying shit off yeah, his big ass truck. So one of the the next things, and I, I said that I was going to sort of transition us into this other topic was uh, overcorrecting, right? So the the reason why I wanted to talk about overcorrecting um, is it actually stems from as I was driving back into Bowling Green the other day, there was I was watching a car in front of me. And like you can tell they were on their phone. I'm on the interstate and everything like that. And uh, they start to like veer over. They start to like wander into the other lane. Yeah. And so they were like, oh, shit. And they yanked the wheel over. And then they went way too far, almost hit the guardrail and swung back in there. And so. Yank. Huh? (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) shut up. Uh, so just hearing him say that, I'm like the first. Ugh. The first notion was, damn, I, I wish I had like a dash cam, like they do in like Russia or some shit like that. But the I'm next surprised thing, Joe ass does it. I know you I, seem like the kind of motherfucker that would I have know. a dash cam. But uh, it started getting me thinking. I was like, just think about us in like life in general, and like if you, how many people have you seen? Kind of like. They go into one direction and they feel like they get the notion that they're doing bad in life or something like that, or they can be doing something better, but they overcorrect fucking hardcore. Like they swing into another like direction to try and fix whatever thing is wrong and they end up just fucking up like hardcore. And so I was making that connection that you were Mm -hmm. saying with like whenever you see when both of you actually, whenever you see stuff that's going on at work and you want to try and like be good boyfriend or be a good mom or a good wife or something like that. And you tend to overcorrect because you think that you're fixing something, but you end up making something worse. And so I want to just talk about overcorrections in general. Like, have you ever had anything in life where you're just like, okay, I need to get away from this bad habit or something, but you take the way extreme trying to fix it and you end up like making things worse. Well, I I will say something I was acknowledging today in all fairness uh-huh. to my girlfriend is that I, I recognize that like having worked at DCBS as an investigator going through, you know, the Academy at EKU, uh-huh. you know, for forensic interviewing, having conducted countless fucking interviews of alleged perpetrators, alleged victims, collateral contacts, investigated, gone to court, won, lost every goddamn thing. <clears throat> Dude, that, I don't want to call it PTSD. I mean, we're not in p- positions and we're very careful not to, you know, label sure. our symptoms as something that we don't know what it is, but um there's definitely some latent impact from that and I have to I find myself like overanalyzing things that are completely innocuous. Yeah. Um so 
that's one of the things, and I, I guess I, I say that to get to the point that you don't take your you you have to try your best not to take your shit home with you mm. at all because otherwise you'll be like, oh, I use this particular set of skills to fix all these issues that have to do with countless people that I interact with that that are harder to deal with in theory than your own like family or loved ones. But then you go home and you utilize that shit and it's not fucking appropriate. It's not any more appropriate than if you were to use like legal language. Mm -hmm. If you were to go home and be like, well, that's not admissible. Like if somebody's talking about their feelings. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. You're, you're taking a mental health framework and then you're applying it. It's like it's like Freud saying you can't psychoanalyze yourself. Yeah. It, that's... That's true. I mean, whether you, regardless how you feel about psychoanalysis, the concept of you simultaneously being immersed in the situation and having a huge vested interest in it and then trying to use your own professional skills on it is enormously toxic. Mm -hmm. You have to check that shit at the door yeah. if you want to get it to root and actually communicate, especially with somebody that's not another like mental health professional so make that connection with what i was saying with overcorrections and stuff because i see one there well <clears throat> you know th th i guess the closest thing that i could conjure up with the overcorrections thing is that i'm a inherently a person of extremes yeah i mean we talked about that it's like an all or nothing kind of thing like we go in hard or we going home about some shit um i when I do check that predisposition towards um, utilizing my functional self within that mental health framework at home, and then all the bullshit that goes along with that, and there is like we're you know we're petty fucking creatures and we love ourselves, so you a sense of entitlement goes along with it, especially when you feel like you're spreading good, mm -hmm. like if you're part of the solution, you got to check that shit too. So when you come home, I've found myself, when I start to feel that way, and I check myself, I overcorrect, and I shut myself down emotionally. Mm. And it and it's very clear. And I'm not mad at her. I, I really have no problem. It's me actively working on, like unpacking dissecting and purging yeah. the shit that i would be reactionary within that other context and it's kind of so you're it is a little pt it, it, problem it, then yeah it, it's yeah. a little ptsd ish like in the absence of problems yeah like like we're in a rattled cage at mm -hmm. all times and when we're at home and the cage isn't rattling we're like what the fuck's going on we got yeah. i know there's something fucking yeah. going on yeah you got to check that and i know that's i guess I, and this is part of my problem. I'm wordy as fuck. But that's the simplest way to explain yeah. it through our, well, our overcorrection. Yeah. Where we we get home and we, again, with all this stuff that we carry around, we, we check ourselves and we're super critical of ourselves and it ends up becoming very apparent on another end. Instead yeah. of you projecting that trauma you shut down yeah well I, I you know the connection that i make with both of you guys because you guys probably deal in a lot of high stress type of stuff is if if you 
and the other person, just imagine yourself being on the road, right? Just like this other car was. Now, if there was some force pulling you in this direction, like, you know, and to the right or something like that, that, that force would be the stress that you deal at work with at work. You have to, and it's just like, I think it's Newton, every object, you know, in motion stays in motion and, or whatever, unless acted on by an equal or opposite react every, for every action, there's an equal and opposite. <laughs> Stop reaction. telling lies. I, got, I, got, I had to get it finally, I but, let him go. but when you, when you react, you just said his name again. No, but when you react to a certain, uh, a certain type, type of conflict within the confines of your job, Applying that same force to react to something when you're at home, it's you subconsciously treat it as as it's the same thing. It's war zone shit, and it's yeah, it's a you're bringing you're bringing an F fifteen to a fist fight. Yeah, it's it's war zone shit. And again, like I said, she, I feel bad for her because I'm what made me good as an investigator when I did good work as an investigator makes me a fucking scourge. Yeah. To try and debate mm-hmm. as my girlfriend and I and I even say debate because what I'm working on now is always looking at it in terms of where the solution is yeah. and not where the logic is. So that's something so my my wife is learning this, right? And I think since not being she's, you know, a hospice nurse now, so she's not at a hospital anymore. But uh I think one of the things when I was getting uh when i was coming down with my sinus infection and stuff like that was i didn't know the type of term of this medicine was right and she'll use like big medical terms and shit like that that work fine in the hospital but i was but she used the term and i was and you're like, like i don't care i'm just sick yeah i was yeah i was like i don't know what that means yeah. and she was just like you haven't read about that somewhere and I was just sitting there like stupid ass. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> this shit like for real hurt my feelings. And I was like, wait a minute. I make a lot of fucking money without having to know what that term was. Like, so don't talk to me like I'm a fucking and idiot. And sneezed on her toothbrush. No, no, no. Work. No, I just, I was like, why are you talking to me like that? I wished I would have said what I just said right there. But I was like, nope. I just sort of walked <laughs> off like, what He's the talking, fuck, dude? But those stuff. Yeah, I was just like, okay, so. That didn't help me anywhere, but like I had to learn how to not be like that because when I was in like the more of the reactive side of technology, it was I would respond to a problem with a technical solution or something like that. But when someone, but now being away from it now, when someone comes to me with some kind of a technical problem, I won't use a lot of the terminology. Everything is like simplified to where it's all about meeting people where they are. And I think that when you fail to meet people where they are, you totally overcorrect a lot of times. And this oh, this yeah. happened to me in like just like dieting. So whenever I would start to, I would read about something and I'd be like, all right, I'm going to try this stuff out. Or if I start to feel like a piece of shit for like a week or something like that, I'll do some kind of a crash and like or crash diet or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I'll overcorrect hardcore. Like the results will change, but I'm just like, I don't realize that like I took that shit to an extreme to where I'm like bouncing back if that makes any sense. That's oh, so yeah. far, that's where I was gonna go with it because I was okay. like I'm gonna take a hard left, but yeah. no, like if I, y'all know me, I'm I'm into fitness, but I'm also into fitting some pizza in my face, and my okay, weight so. goes like I've fluctuated at least eighty pounds for sure. the last like four years. Yeah, and so I'll be like, man, 
clothes are getting tight. <laughs> and so I'll be like, okay, here's what I, I've read this thing online and I can just drink this like apple cider vinegar for fucking 10 days. And, and not I'm going to Yeah. And I will, but then I'll get to day six and I'll be like, man, Queso sounds really Yeah, y'all want to order some Papa John's because this shit is just not working. I'm like, tired yeah. of my so butthole you... coughing water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my so you like you overcorrect, but then it's not sustainable. Yeah. And so then you just go through all the stress of like fucking well, drinking apple cider vinegar and you get back right where you were. Turkey or something like yeah. that. Well, and check it out. It even goes to the macro level. There's the concept. It's, is it the rubber band effect? Oh, yeah. Where societal pressures become so, so tense that all of a sudden it flings normative way. values way yeah. off in the other direction. That's what's going on right now. And then we elect Donald Trump. Huh? Yeah. What? Seriously. What? No, that's, I think that's what's, I seriously think that's what's going on. And he's that giving thumbs up on. next to like orphan shooting yeah. victims and yeah. shit. But it's just like there were, I think that a lot of the, the parties anymore or people that support these different parties, I feel like everyone is overcorrecting really hard and they're throwing away a lot of values and things that were once important to them and they're just like, fuck it, I don't care. I just want this. Like I've I've really noticed it a whole lot on like on the left. Um, and that's just because the majority of my friends are are that way. Um, I think that everyone is like is overcorrecting really, really hard politically. Um, I know that there is, you know, I think with Obama and stuff like that, there was it seemed there was more centrism going on and people really seem to have liked him and stuff like that. But whenever with that happening, the right they they overcorrected hard and went to this guy that, in my opinion, doesn't give a fuck about anyone but himself. And like it was to the point where it's like we can't even have civil well, discourse or anything. Like the that. paradigm has entirely shifted. Where yeah. where where the center resides on the entire thing Dude, is different. It's way yeah. different. And so now that we have this person that matches this far extreme right, I think the only there it's going to be impossible. To go back to a middle, like it has to go far yeah. extreme left, well, and I feel like that's what's going to continuously happen. Polarization well, breeds more polarization. But, yes. but we also have to be we also have to be very very diligent not to imbibe in the false dichotomy. Sure, because the false dichotomy is one of the biggest weapons that are utilized for propaganda artists yeah. and to justify their their extreme position. Um, there are these false equivalencies. And again, I'll get off my soapbox here in just a motherfucking second, but in any way to compare black lives matter, um, and Antifa Antifa. even to compare them to white nationalists. And I'll say that in a very broad sense, white nationalists, because that's a ton of different groups with different beliefs. Some of them are more like patty cake about it. Like we'd rather just everybody have their own thing separate, but you know, you the blacks are over here mm-hmm. and the whites are over here. Uh, that gets pushed quite a bit, and it's yeah. and I tell you what, the motherfucking right is excellent at mm. controlling information. E- excellent, it's superb, mm. and it's this bait and switch with this folksy like I identify with you because I also don't know words or how to spell or interact with people without saying nasty things, and it's relatable. <laughs> And then that you couple that with that the anti-intellectualism that that has been going on for years like this I don't I don't appreciate your fucking college speak all That's of a lot of all the of left. that 
uh, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But but the thing is, is that a lot of people, if you look at people's net belief systems, mm-hmm. even people that are registered as Republican, their their net belief systems. If you were to remove any kind of rhetorical language that indicated which side it was on, yeah. they are left to fucking center. Yeah, left to center. And honestly. People like Warren and Sanders get painted as being the extreme yeah, other yeah. end of the mm-hmm. spectrum, when in reality, they are normal fucking leftists, and really everybody else that's up on those stages mm-hmm. debating are hardcore centrists or right of center, or that, except for that bitch that believes in like healing crystals and shit. Yeah, oh, yeah. What's her name? She oh, was, she's going to have... The writer. She, she was going to have like Shaka Khan Leslie be her, her vice president. She's terrible. But I could... I had, <laughs> she's terrible. <clears throat> she is. I had to turn the fucking debate off the other day. I was listening <laughs> to it. So I listen to a ton of podcasts, but I have to pick what I can listen to with my kids in the car. So we listen yeah. to the debates with my kids in the car. She does not listen to the salutes <clears throat> with her kids in the car. No, I do not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I was listening and everyone's trying to paint like, oh, well, we can't vote for Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders because they won't be able to go up against Trump. They're too far left. Yeah. You know, Shit, they're the y'all only are thing trying to uh-huh, yeah. y'all are trying to throw free money in these crazy even on the stage. They're like, you know, these are crazy ideas, and we we can't stand for just like throwing money. And I'm like, y'all, please shut the fuck up, yeah. shut up, shut up. Because yeah. in fucking three months, when y'all didn't make the debate stage, we're gonna have to choose between Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders. Mm-hmm. And now y'all just painted them looking like. Yeah, and, we don't have a fucking and, shot. Yeah, they, they and and honestly, again, I think that's part of the equation as well. If you if you flood this pool with no name people that are easy collateral, like they they do their damage and then they fall into obscurity. Mm-hmm. That's what they fucking do yeah. every time. And those Trojan horses have existed in pretty much every conventional yeah. election. Yeah, but yeah, sincerely and and if you disagree, you can suck my ass. Yeah. <laughs> But the Bernie Sanders' value system, Elizabeth Warren's value system, it's not that fucking extreme. Yeah. It's absolutely not that extreme. I totally see. I it's it's funny. I will be I expect, but at the same time, I would be very surprised if a Democrat wins the presidency because it's That makes it's, me want to throw up. Yeah. Because it's too far and, it's too far. It's too close to an election, and there's zero well, unity in the party. Well, and and I will like, say, I will say my one thing. There, there are two parts. You know the, the old bullshit. I, I think it was Walt Whitman that said, like, uh, you say I contradict myself very well. I contradict myself. Mm-hmm. I contain volumes. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I simultaneously hold out hope for electing officials that I feel like if they fuck up. Genuinely, I can hold them in some way accountable in my fucking mind. There's no way for me to hold what we got going on accountable in any way. Yeah. It's it's beyond. It's it's just fundamentally surreal. And don't get me wrong, Obama was too, but Obama did it in this smooth ass J.C. Penny jazz fashion. That's right. It was, but it's real talk. Obama was a capitalist like a motherfucker. He was a warhawk capitalist centrist motherfucker. Mm -hmm. But he did it with. Kenny G motherfucking playing in the background. Now it's so blatant. I mean, when when Obama People are throwing him away now. Yeah, they are. Well, (laughs) and I won't even get into that because y'all break my soul with that. But when Obama was was president, like, 
I mean, I, I talk about politics in front of my kids. My son, let's see, what was that, two years? So he was seven, six and seven at the end of Obama's presidency, and, like, we talked about it. Mm -hmm. I talked about the things that I thought were good and the things I didn't think were good. Yeah. And now, now that Trump is president, there are things I have to explain that he hears while I watch the news. Yeah. Like, And I'm like, I don't want to have to tell my kid why our president thinks that's okay. But and no, that, you and should, that's the key. And that's that, the key. But I think, I think that's the key as well, but I think that that is something we should have to explain explain because i think where a lot of us fucked up is where we start like we carry this narrative that the, the our politicians are these infallible people that can't fuck up like he is he, trump is who a lot of these people are he's just really fucking awful about hiding it yeah. he's just awful about hiding it i don't think any of those people give a fuck about people like they don't care about people well and and the thing about what's going on right now that, you know, and, and me saying that, like, you know, I, I can simultaneously hold two viewpoints, yeah. two possible viewpoints. One that, again, we have people that are potentially electable that I could psychologically sure. hold accountable for what they're doing. And I'm going to go ahead and say it. It's Sanders and Warren are the only, I, I feel like that's the only motherfuckers that have a shot at all of taking down Trump. I, like I really, I really do. Uh, he's you cool. do? Yeah. He's, he's cool. Yeah, I, got, he I ain't got no problem with him. That's, that's but thing, I, I can simultaneously hold that, whatever y'all, motherfuckers want to think is silly, but I can hold that yeah. viewpoint and I can also hold the viewpoint that it's overwhelmingly a dog and pony show perpetuated by the elites. Mm -hmm. And it's shit shifted around. They're just mm -hmm. shifting shit around. And I've often thought, you know, you do this, this ebb and flow. And you're, you're making the rubber band effect work for you. You set the bar really low when it comes to social decorum. And then you get somebody that's halfway fucking decent. And then over time, you you gradually get... It's like the what the crab in the or the frog in the pot of boiling water. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he doesn't realize. You don't realize it because it's like, it's like let, let's, let's make it so fucking blatant here that they're going to be begging for George W. Bush again. Mm -hmm. To get a shoe thrown at him, yeah. and it, and I swear, and it may, and I could never stand him mm -hmm. until we had Trump, and then I'm like, he's Give goddamn adorable. I miss him. Yeah, he's like, the most. Look at him. Look at him. Look at him giving this. candy to Michelle yeah. Obama. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he loves her, and he also paints beautiful pictures. But he's secretly down with the brown. It, he he's is. He is. He's an idiot. He was, he's to ready to throw it. it all away for a Michelle Obama. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> shit, I would. I mean, Jesus <laughs> Christ, she's a baddie. But, but that's the thing is that I, I feel like we are entitled to, to not, not jump on board with this absolutism when yeah. it comes to how reality functions. We, we can entertain multiple possibilities that kind of interact and might actually be coexisting at yeah. the same time. But... Dude, yeah, it, it's it's the dog and pony fucking show. And I think the main problem with people just throwing their fucking hands up about it, I wouldn't care otherwise. And this is, you will not hear me disagree with George Carlin very often. He's basically my... Jesus. Yeah, mm -hmm. he's, he's my version of Jesus. Yeah. Like, he raised me. But George Carlin refuses refused to participate in the political process. Mm -hmm. He had given up, and I know part of it was his act, but I also know that he believed in some of this nihilistic type stuff. I think what people say matters. I think the rhetoric that a particular person puts out there and and establishes, especially at the highest office in this country, 
the kind of stuff they put out there as normative, and it does become normative mm-hmm. by default, yeah. fucking matters. Yeah. And that's why, even though I I will be on board with the super jaded libertarian non-voters and voters and say, yes, it is the same capitalist elite shit shifted around each time, but what does matter is the motherfucker at the helm yeah. not facilitating social unrest yeah. and and people being openly marginalized and preyed upon. Mm-hmm. It's turning into and I'm not trying shit on Russia. I don't know what the fuck goes on in Russia. Yeah. I don't I, I don't really know. All I know is what I'm told and it could be yeah. a bunch of bullshit, but uh you know, the the persecution of homosexuals in Russia. Some of the stuff that's being like just openly acceptable on the basis of civil liberties hiding behind well I have the right to discriminate against you basically is what it comes mm-hmm. down to motherfucker dude yeah yeah I'm I'm done for now uh, <laughs> I done broke out in a sweat but I no, saw, it's, they were they had effigies of Obama burning effigies hanging effigies had him plastered on chimpanzees and all kinds of shit I know it. and then you've got are you talking in Russia? No, here. Here. Oh, okay. I was going to say, they still have that Demogorgon. I, I, yeah, Demogorgon. I, don't, I don't know. Like I said, Brandon, I don't know what goes on in Russia. Okay. <laughs> but they did that shit consistently to Obama. That motherfucker just matrixed most mm-hmm. all of it and, and didn't even address it. Our president actively gets in like petty squabbles with nobodies. Yeah. And on, it's just... On Twitter. Yeah. On motherfucking Twitter. <laughs> yeah. And that shit's just like okay, this yeah. is this is who yeah. and people and, and I and I hate it because people hide behind the you know, uh thing of at least it's not Hillary. Mm-hmm. Like they it's just Well, like, isn't that God, the ultimate overcorrection though? Is that is people the felt ultimate overcorrection. people felt disenfranchised by yeah. the system for so long that they were just like but they fuck, said, fuck it, it. Vote for the orange guy. Yeah. Like what the fuck could happen? Dude, like let's just, try it. Blows it. My mind and, people are shocked when I tell them like there were better Republicans in that in that thing. Like I watch all debates. I literally I can objectively watch them and there were better Republicans in there. And it's like then that was a sign that everyone just like Swung Dude, way, I think, just way crazy. Again, I, the 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 system. I, I think it's just it's by motherfucking design, man. It's by I, goddamn design. None of this. I refuse to believe that the powers that be controlling the things that we actually can tangibly see and know, like they do, mm-hmm. would leave something like that up to chance. Yeah, can't I can't wrap my head around that shit. I can't wrap my head around the fact that certain people, the way they talk, brings out the worst in human beings. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's something that we can somewhat control. We can control whether we elect a human being that runs off of hateful rhetoric or we elect a human being that is also a capitalist ding-a-ling but is not acting like violence yeah. Is the automatic response? Well, shit. Let's vote everything. for the crystal lady then. Huh? Hope and hope and <laughs> no, love and prosperity. Goddamn, <laughs> no vaccines either. Is she mm-hmm. an anti-vax? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's unacceptable. But well, I, I think care. again, Trojan horse. I think that um, there is a demographic of people that vote that are all on board with that shit, and they're like, "Well, let's encapsulate this 
and then she'll fall off, and then all of those people will get disenfranchised, and they won't fucking vote. That's what happened with mm-hmm. like I, I have I can't remember. Well, I know his name. I'm not going to say it online, but I remember he he made a Facebook post about because um, he was for months was like Bernie Sanders, Bernie Sanders, Bernie Sanders, all about it, right? And then oh, sorry about that. And then when Bernie didn't wasn't the nominee. He swung hard for Trump, like went hardcore and was just like, fuck Hillary, this whole thing. And then on top of that, he starts like shitting on a lot of his other Democratic friends. And so it's fun being a libertarian, seeing this on the outside, just like, Jesus fucking Christ. It's fun being a libertarian. Yeah, dude, I'm going to get your bitch ass a fun. shirt. No, it's, it's not fun on election day because I'm just like, my fucking candidate's an idiot again. Yeah. So, thankfully, like I said, I do research on, on everyone, you know what I mean? And uh, when when that stuff started happening, like, seeing him make fun of, like, Democrat people when, when, when oh, because, because now his candidate won. It, it wasn't even about politics anymore. He just didn't want to lose. It was winning. He just yeah. didn't want to feel like he lost something. And it's like, this is where we are. And there's tons of people out there that just didn't want to feel like they lost. Dude, idiocracy, and I know it's the most cliche fucking thing at this point, but idiocracy, that's what's going on. I mean, I watched it the other night. Well, I had it playing in the background while I posted dank memes on my phone. But (laughs) again, I was like, this is absolutely beyond absurd the the commonalities between what's going on in this dumbass movie and right now and again like i i feel like one of the most patriotic things that you can be is if they're like schrodinger's fucking redneck it's like i simultaneously <laughs> hate the government but want to throat the government at the yeah, same time the most patriotic and thing the you ball. can be is critical of the government yeah that's the that's most what patriotic <laughs> like tossing uh, tea into the bay, yeah. motherfucker, and you all are like it's unpatriot. Like they imply that it's unpatriotic to uh, disagree or dissent. Yeah, it blows my mind. And they'll also have a rebel flag too to go along yeah. with it, and they'll be like, "Well, you know, because it's it's about Heritage. rebellion against the government and Southern pride. It's not about racism." And be like, "Well, again, why do you believe what this motherfucker says that doesn't care about you?" No. He don't give two fucks about nothing. Like, no, why? Because you, you're poor. You know, and, and not even that you're poor. You're just not really well, rich. Let, let's be real. Let's be real. And I would love for a motherfucker to message us and explain to me why I'm wrong. Trump is not a motherfucking Republican. No, he's not a Republican. He's just a capitalist elite yeah. saying and doing what he's got to do to maneuver the best way that he can. He got the party that was the most pissed off. It, it literally, yeah. if it was the Democrats that was pissed, he would have. Dude, he, his story. rappers were rapping about Trump. I mean, there were all sorts of people that were just like, oh, man, he's cool. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, and, and historically, again, him being kind of like a, a, a fixture in the media and Hollywood back in the day. He was always kind of socially progressive. Yeah. And you know what's funny about that? I don't know if many people saw it, but he just recently said, um, uh, and this is how he's really good at playing the game. He said that uh, he thought Colin Kaepernick should play in an NFL team. He was just like, he's, I, if he's good enough, I absolutely think he should play. That's what he said. And months ago, he was like, if you can't fucking stand for this thing, get mm-hmm. the fuck out. Like yep. He is now saying like, 
yeah, he should play. Oh, he flips on all if kinds he's of good shit. enough. Yeah, if he's absolutely good enough. Yeah, he he should. He said he said I know NFL coaches or NFL owners that would that would love to have him on there. Mm-hmm. This is how you get fucking played. So I don't think that he's a Republican, and I don't think that he's a Democrat or anything like that. He's just real fucking good. She's an asshole. You yeah. Know, yeah. Again, <laughs> capitalist elite. It 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 really transcends party. Yeah. Ca- capitalist elite transcends party, and I think again, it's there is this illusion overwhelmingly there's an illusion of contention when really there's collusion between Mm. the two sides there's a lot of reciprocity between the two sides and i do believe that there are outliers and i I, well i will i do believe there are outliers and then i also want to believe that there are legit contenders who are outliers that are viable to vote into positions of authority and again it's not being naive to get behind a candidate who you feel like you are willing to be as objectively critical of as possible. Mm -hmm. I cannot fundamentally hold a motherfucker like Trump accountable. Nobody can. Mm. Nobody. So at the very least, somebody that, that is halfway competent, like the words are, well, the, the non words that come out of this man's mouth. Mm Mm-hmm. And again, I know it's bullshit. It's a dog and pony show. He's just he's kind of like a figurehead at this point. But what he says matters. And uh, there's been a lot of uh, upticks and hate crimes as a result. In my opinion, there's been a lot of uh, correlation between upticks and hate crimes and him taking office. Yeah, the just you know just the most recent thing with the the different shootings and whatnot that have been going on, like the guy that went into walmart to say he wanted to kill mexicans it's like i am it's it's hard to not connect the two things well dude and it's you've really even, hard and you've even got a litany of people that want to double down and say that that's the, a leftist conspiracy yeah they'll take these people and be like this person if you look at their search history they were an active a member of this socialist That's website. That's some Alex Jones shit, man. Yeah, they, but they <laughs> do that. Some, they uh, immediately, they will immediately take it and try and make it seem like, at least in the background. Yeah. And somebody's dumbass Mimo and Peepaw is sitting at the house eating corn and tomatoes, and it's on in the background, and Mimo just absorbs some of it by accident, and then she goes and repeats it to Birdie at the goddamn beauty salon, and next thing you know, every dumb bitch in this town is yeah. believing it. Yeah. It's a uh, it's it's terrible thinking about that shit, man. And you know, it's it's getting a lot of people who would otherwise, in my opinion, be highly intelligent. It's getting them to say really, really dumb shit. Like there is there's one guy, um, and I want to. I'm not even gonna say his name. But, don't don't be coy, bitch. Huh? Don't be coy, dude. I want to so bad, dude. but he is his job, Sucker. right? So his job is that he is a. He handles like data and analytics, okay? And so when this and he and he's conservative, which is fine. I have no problem with that. But what happened <laughs> Your what, face says otherwise. No. It's like my book that but no no no. I have I have zero problem with any conservative people. But what what he did was that whenever the shootings uh started happening, he posted this thing that said like uh reasons for why um rapists rape reasons for why like killers and gun people kill with guns and like he had it on this graph and the reasons why people rape he said was because they're rapists and the reason why people 
shoot and kill with guns was because they're murderers or whatever. Like that, it, it's causing man. Some, exactly, that, that is exactly. some genius reasoning right dude, there, dude. It, it blows my mind that people have gotten to this level, like to throw away data. Like numbers are everything to me, and to throw away quantifiable data that's saying like, not hey, people rape because. They may have been raped. They're like, there's all sorts of other shit that could have happened in their life. But to say that you rape because you're a rapist, what? And there's so many other people who believe the same thing. And it's like, this is where it's we disgusting. are. This anti-intellectualism. It's, it's fucking disgusting. But I will also say that the same thing happens with a lot of the left where we are quick to label people as racist. Where we're quick to label people as sexist. Yeah, and that, that that's something I got a real problem yeah, with, too. And so, and it's uber, like, like sensitive-ass censorship bullshit. Dude, no, we've got it, it. It absolutely is going to neuter social yeah, progress. absolutely it's going to neuter. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there was, uh, even before that, uh, when the, um, I really took some time to, to learn about this, but whenever the women won the World Cup, right, everyone wanted equal pay. I believe in pay equity. That's what I believe in. Not equal pay because everyone's going to have a different idea of what their work is. I think that we should all have the opportunity to earn a certain thing. You know what I'm saying? We should all have the opportunity to earn because I think that there is this glass ceiling that fucks a lot of people over. And it's and I want the removal of that glass ceiling and stuff like that. But when that's you socialism, pimp. I'm okay with that. But when you start Uh-oh. to I told you, dude. I'm, I'm t- like, there's just certain things. I'm look, huh? like, one of our other friends admitted that he believes in some socialist stuff too. I yeah, there's nothing wrong. I can't bust him out here. No, no, no. But I think I, I believe Car, in like. You a, called him out on being a little bitch and not saying it. Now you're not. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, she got you. Uh, uh, uh. Tyler, Tyler Young. <laughs> I fucking knew it. That's why I did it. <laughs> Oh, he God. said, I'll deny that shit if you did. I won't go into the specifics, but he sent me a message and he was like, okay, I feel like at this point I can really get behind X, Y, and Z. If you tell anybody, I'll say you're a goddamn liar. <laughs> That's funny. But um, but going back to women's soccer think, and the glass ceiling. Well, I'm just, yeah, the, the glass ceiling is what screws. And like when you look at how much money that a lot of like, uh, how much money gets allocated to all the, you know, all the different sports and all the kind of stuff, like, it skews heavily for the guys. It skews heavily for the guys. Even if the teams choose to pay these people a certain thing, what the is- guys will still make more because these companies and endorsements and all this other shit is going to. So what we need to do is figure out a way to to have that kind of equity and just and then going into just regular jobs and stuff like that. I do think that there's massive glass ceilings all over the place where I've heard people be like, well, what's going to happen whenever she gets pregnant or something like that? Well, I mean, and that's, that's a lot of where the gender pay disparity comes from. It's not like Chris and I do the exact same job and Chris makes a dollar where I make 80 cents. Yeah. Like, that's not how it works. 99% of the time. Sure. It, what happens is there's a pay disparity because say Chris and I both start the same job at the same time. Mm-hmm. Then I go on maternity leave twice Yeah. and I come back. Chris has learned more skills while I'm gone. He has worked longer while I'm gone. And Chris might have gotten a promotion where I didn't get one because I was gone for six months to a year. Like that that happens. And we do have to find a way to allocate for those things because it is unfair. If you want women to bond with their children and to be home and... I say pay them their and, exact and salary. Unpaid, where well, and that's the thing is that yeah. that maternity there's only so much. You get maternity a percentage leave. of your of your right. Salary. So so 
that's something to consider as well. You're you're taking a hit right there as well. Absolutely. When yeah. I went on maternity leave, I didn't have maternity leave. I took um took short term I took short term disability. Really? Which paid out let's see, maybe like 60% of my salary. So my husband and I saved up so that I could do that. I ended up having an emergency C-section. So I actually took more time off because of that. And I was having trouble with breastfeeding and all that. But anyway, so uh, I ended up taking 12 weeks instead of I intentionally, or I intended to take eight. Um, And my husband got to take like six days off work. Mm -hmm. And then he went back and it was just me and my daughter at home. And I mean, we were lucky that we got to save to do that. Some people can't even take that much time. Um, the woman who watches my daughter during the day, her, she just had her first grandchild. Her daughter worked up until the day she had her daughter mm-hmm. and then went back to work after four weeks. Jesus Christ. And like, it's it just, Dude, it's, it's, your body's still wrecked after that. Wrecked. Yeah. It's, it's unfucking fathomable to me. Yeah. I mean, I, I, so what do you want? Do you want equality or do you want equity? I want equity, equity, but it's so difficult to quantify those things because just like the example we were talking about yes i i think that women should get paid for you know if i took off time that should be you know taken into account but at the same time chris might have really learned more skills while i was gone Mm -hmm. i might be behind the curve and so if chris is going to trainings and chris is getting better at his job while i'm you know off on maternity leave that might not be fair to chris for me to come back and be making the same thing while he's been busting his ass yeah. And I recognize that. So it's really hard to find a balance between equity and, you know, paying women for the the job that they're doing, raising children and, and men too, if they're home raising children. Um, that has to be looked at, but it's very hard to quantify. It's hard to quantify. Because it's yeah. not fair to people who are still at work and are making those advancements. Just like when I, when I had my daughter, I pumped for six months when I went back to work. Mm-hmm. Well... I was, because I was having trouble lactating, I was taking breaks every hour to go sit for 20 minutes and pump, which is extremely hard with my job because I'm having to do home visits. So I was having to schedule them so that I could like pump in my car and that was eating into my work time. I mean, I'm still getting my job done, but you know, maybe the girl in the office next to me is busting her ass and I'm not billing as many people. I'm not doing as much work as her, but Mm -hmm. at the same time, like this is a right that I'm afforded by our law that I can... I have to be given time and space to do this. Yeah. So it's very hard to quantify, but obviously. How would you fix it if you could? Oh, um, I mean, I don't have a good solution for that. Sure. I, I'm open to lots of solutions, but. <laughs> Chris, Chris is looking like he has one. Give well, me that solution. Well, Chris. honestly, honestly, the most financially sound solution, and it sounds like the fucking devil, but have a minimum allotted per individual you know, like base, Andrew baseline. Yang, UBI. Yeah, exactly. Why I like it. <laughs> it. It's it's a, it's sound reasoning, and it it takes a lot of the um, the guesswork out of where does uh, the meritocracy, like hard work, end, mm-hmm. and where does the glass ceiling begin? Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of that out of the equation. It sets up a fundamental system so that we don't have to worry about. As much in terms of actually things across the board like crime, um, mental health would mm-hmm. be addressed more thoroughly, um, food scarcity, any number of things all lead to like deviant behavior that again gets, I, I guess it's it's been used as a commodity 
mm-hmm. in our society at this point. But anyway, providing people with a baseline amount to live on and then have a free market beyond that where if you want to step out into the fucking battle dome and make billions of dollars, you're allowed to fucking do that. Yeah. I think it, it, and the, the numbers are there. It's not that hard to give Yeah, people, that's what a lot of people don't understand is like, <laughs> it costs a ton of money to for the government to throw money at these issues that you could just give directly to motherfuckers. Yeah. But and uh, so and when you think of something like you know they'll be like, well, can you imagine giving a thousand dollars to you know like all this like <coughs> you think of our defense budget you know that's so, the big thing and uh, trust me I'm I'm like I'm I love the military but seven hundred billion dollars for it. Like we're spending more than like the next, I think is like three or four countries combined mm-hmm. in our stuff. No one wants to, geographically, it does not make sense to attack America. Okay. That's, that's option one. Second thing we have, like, if you look at our just Nate, like the, one of the most powerful things militarily is a, is an aircraft carrier, right? We have like 12 or 13, the next, the country with the next highest, I think they have like two or three. And so it's like, and again, Russia. no one. Uh, no, Great Britain. You know really? their, their squad. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying China has their has one. Russia, I think they may have a they may have a few. They fucks with submarines. They use submarines. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, like, it it and then on top of that, Russia is not their army is not built for offensive uh, operations. It's defensive. It's defensive. Russia has historically been a defensive country. Like because and and no one ever takes over Russia because you've seen Siberia. It's too fucking cold. It's yeah, too cold. Yeah, it. once winter hits, it's it's too big. The Russians is crazy. Yeah, it's a massive, massive country. And so it's like, okay, why don't we? And then on top of this, the backbone of most militaries, any conventional military anymore, is no longer the soldier. It's a data center. Okay, it's a data center. It's satellites. It's that kind of shit. So it's like we're. I feel like we're investing in a lot of the wrong stuff. And when you pick that, when and I'm fine dead with investing. Markets, a lot of dead markets yeah. across the board. And like when you, and the and so if you take a country like Israel, right? Israel has the world's most talented hackers and security dudes on the planet. Like they, they are, they are, they're punching well above their weight. So their dudes can literally bring down the backbone of America's military because they can just hack some shit. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if you guys have, and this is going and because this is a rabbit hole episode, that's why I'm wanting to talk about this here. So if you've heard, there was a virus called Stuxnet and um, the um, Israel, like America, I think we came up with it, but Israel made it really, really good. Right. And uh, that was what they infected, like Iran's nuclear facilities and overloaded their all their other shit, and like no one knew about this stuff for years, you know. Then they put the motherfucker on steroids, and then it spread worldwide and started like fucking up like everything, you know. Like, and so it was like that country can can single handedly bring down most big countries. So why are we paying all this money, you know, for for carriers, for this, for all this other stuff? We can use some of that money. Like this thousand dollars a month or whatever that you know that Yang wants or something like that or any kind of uh, social welfare programs or any kind of thing to improve what's going on now. I get the way budgets work. When you allocate money for a budget, it goes to that thing. Mm-hmm. But it's like we can cha- we can shift our mindset, put more money back into our schools, 
Put more money. Fucking Flint, for real? Are we still fucking with Flint's water right now? Wasn't that a campaign promise, guys? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So we have all that other shit going on. Like, I, I think mental health, like, it should be, it should just be, it should there's be free. Too, it should be there, fucking free. That, there, <clears throat> but there's too much money to be made off of people being sick. But here, yeah. you're touching on my concern. My concern about universal basic income isn't about it's not monetary. I think we can absolutely pay for it. My concern is what happens to a society where you don't have to work to survive. The popu- thousand dollars. What's that going to do? Hold on, you? hold on. The population that, that I work with, um, mm-hmm. I see lots of generations of people. Like I will talk to a kid and be like, Hey, what do you want to do? Like you're 13. What do you want to do when you grow up? Well, I'm going to go on disability. Yeah. Well, what do you mean you're going to go on disability? You don't need disability. What are you talking about? Oh, well my, we know what to say. Like we know what to say and that's what we're going to do. Yeah. And people will straight up live generation after generation. They like, they the learn that this, whites of West Virginia. yeah. And they learn that this is what you do. So if we, and I know that a thousand dollars doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're talking about a thousand dollars for every adult over age 18 and you've got a thousand dollars and I've got a thousand dollars in rural parts of America, we can live on that. Yeah. But I think that if you got, if you enacted the thousand dollars, I think that it would, in my opinion, you can then scale back the other things where people are getting money from. It, you know it's what I'm kinda, saying? Where, where we were kind of at with it. And I think it, it kind of fringes on the automation Mm-hmm. issue where people are saying that automation is going to kill jobs yeah. and and it's a negative thing for humankind whereas the flip side of that is that automation and technology is supposed to be created to make our lives to easier make our lives to easier. free us, us up, up for something else yes yeah. so that I, I would say the there there's always going to be issues to implement something like universal income there will be people that the bottom falls out. They will fail. They will not be successful. You know, they won't be contributing members of society. What, what Hopefully, they won't be contributing members well, of society. But well, that that's the thing is that put pushing innovation. Something, so for something some like people that. think it's pushing innovation. Some people think it's buying shit. Well, but that's the thing is if we're, t- I think she's thinking. If I'm not mistaken, thinking more in terms of like social stagnation. Is that what yes. you're, like, okay. like yes. where where is the motivation for you to achieve more and reach for more I, if if your if your needs are met? Sure. And I absolutely see both sides because I I think we've had this conversation before. There will be some people that will socially stagnate. They'll live on the thousand dollars. They'll make it work. But there'll also be people who that thousand dollars frees up to. I'm not trapped in this job that I fucking hate, yeah. and I'm going to go out and start you know, an entrepreneurial and and it's going to feed into our economy positively. There's absolutely going to be people on both sides of the spectrum. My concern is that especially with raising kids, if this is seen as an option, I think a lot of people aren't even going to try because the excuse is going to be there of a, I can live off of it and B automation is going to take my McDonald's, Walmart, whatever job. So I either have to go pit, like go big and have this great idea. But if I don't have great ideas, I'm just not one of those people. Well, fuck it. Like I'll go in with you and I, and maybe you and we'll get a house in rural fucking America and we'll live off our thousand dollars a month. But that's $2,000 a month there. Do you see what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I, I guess I feel like I would, I would rather be giving people a thousand to do what they want, and if it's just a thousand, they aren't getting any other money from any other spot, because I feel like on the back end there's a thousand dollar, there's whatever money from, because we grew up on welfare, but I didn't know exactly how much that we mm-hmm. were getting. I was too young, you know what I mean? 
But I would go so far as to say that it was more than just grocery money. You know what I mean? Like if we got sick, there's going to be, you know, there's money out of that. And so I think that if it was a thousand and just a thousand and nothing else, I feel like the cost over time can go lower. But then if we do have more people that are saying, hey, we're going to go in on, we have now $2,000 a month, that then can get them into whatever apartment or any other thing, and then they can buy other stuff. And then, in my opinion, what counts for me at the basic level as a contributing member of society is someone who's just spending money and who is who is their output into their they're putting in more than what they're taking out that that seems that seems i guess logical kind of yeah from that perspective i absolutely get i guess we're just operating on different ideas of what constitutes contributing my society so yeah i see i see that i mean and i 100% agree with i like it makes me sick to see stagnant individuals it really does and but i'm not in your field as well so you guys might see it a lot you definitely will see it more than i do but i I can't help but believe that the positive, the potential positives, the real cream rising to the top because they don't have to worry about where their meal is coming from Mm -hmm. or how they're going to get to school or whatever, um, I I don't see that being outweighed by the, the individuals that aren't pushed because I do think... And as much as I'm like not a motherfucker to believe in magic, Mm. but I think that there are callings. And I think that kids, even without this arbitrary, like indoctrinated, what do you want to be when you grow up bullshit that we force on kids early? I think that kids have predilections towards directions in life that they are passionate about. And I think this would facilitate people to pursue passions and affinities and specialties and the right people will get in the right positions instead of people picking things solely on the basis of how lucrative it is. Yeah, and I also think that I feel like health can probably increase as well. Like childhood obesity. When, as a kid, I was like really obese, but... I was like that because we didn't have money and like you have to buy like cheap food and cheap processed foods, not good for you, but a thousand dollars a month. If you have a mom and dad, that's $2,000 a month. I feel like you can buy better groceries. I think you can get more. I I just feel like later on down the line, it could like improve health conditions and all that other kind of stuff. But then again, not everyone's going to think like me. You may go buy a fucking 4K TV or something. Yeah, I mean, just because you can doesn't mean you will. Doesn't mean you will. Right. And there, there are other ways of tweaking human behavior, which obviously government manipulation—that's a thing—and it happens. But so um, it was either Indiana or Illinois. I can't remember. Did a pilot program with their food stamps, Uh and so uh, the way their food stamp program worked: if you were buying fresh fruit. Uh, fresh vegetables or fresh meat, you got $2 on the dollar for your food stamps. So say, Kalu, you have $100 in food stamps every month. I buy $100 worth of Hot Pockets, Mm -hmm. so I get $100 worth of Hot Pockets. You buy $200 worth of fresh meat, fruits, and vegetables, and you still get it with your $100 of food stamps. So you're getting $2 worth of stuff for a dollar. What are you going to do, bitch? You want Hot Pockets? Huh? I'll fucking say. Well, what flavor? The <laughs> <laughs> that <Breakfast> pepperoni. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the, so they quit the pilot program because people weren't utilizing it enough. Were they? Um, not? Yeah. So even with them trying to manipulate, like, hey, we're giving you twice the benefit to make a healthier choice, the choice that the government thinks is going to be good for you and your family. They were still like, nah, bitch. Like, I know what I want. Let me get my hot pockets you know, and get out of here. That makes a really good. You make a really good point because I listened to. 
Um, I, I can't remember what podcast it was. Let me get my hot pockets to get out. <laughs> but <laughs> what they <laughs> what they were talking about was what happens when when you give people who have grown up poor when you give them money. The first thing well, they said, well, what they had noticed was the first thing is that you spread that wealth. You know, you you sort of you either protect it by going into like survival mode kind of and like you stock up and buy a bunch of hot pockets for a dollar. Mm-hmm. But this time you have like 50 of them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Or you'll help out your family or something like that. But they said that people who grew up wealthy, they will invest it or they'll put it into the stock market or they'll put it into some other T- thing. They'll TJ told me that shit. Do what? Mm-hmm. TJ, um, former supervisor. Oh, really? Yeah, she said that she has found that lower SES folks, when they get a resource... <clears throat> like a tax return or it, something like that. Whatever it may be, any yeah. kind of abstraction that, that could be spread around, they will share it in the moment and not think about the future. They're banking on the social element of when somebody else in that group They'll take has... Care of me. Yeah, they'll take care of you. However, the other end is that old money mentality of hoarding every fucking Or how do I make this money make me more money? Mm -hmm. Didn't we talk about at what point could could we not feasibly see money hoarding as a mental illness? Accruing so much capital Mm -hmm. that it becomes a malady. And it's not. It's lauded. Mm-hmm. Like, it very well, if you were to objectively sit down and, and look at the impact of it, not only on the individual, but on those around them, I, I'm sure that there's probably a few different mental health issues that, you, that could come directly out of this insatiable need to consume yeah. and accrue. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Mark might have said it on one of the episodes where he said something like, there isn't anything that I would want with a billion dollars I couldn't get with a million dollars right. or a hundred million dollars or whatever. Are you fucking with my computer right now? Mm-mm. Okay, cool. And so um, that was uh, thinking about that. It's like, I think that there is a certain point in, in one's opulence or something like that where none of that shit even matters. Yet we somehow want to continue to make more and accrue more. And to what end, you know? What, think, is it, what does it get us? I think that's part of my concern about universal basic, basic income is just coming from the line of work that I'm in and working sure. with the population that I am is like, is this going to come with education about good ways to budget and good ways to spend this Wouldn't money nice? and how to work with this? Or are we just going to here's say, here, how's here's <laughs> Oh, yeah. It, it, would, it would have to entail like top to bottom social reform. Yeah. Well, it absolutely would. Especially with, with the way it's being presented by Andrew Yang. And I could be, you know, painting a really shitty picture, but this is what I've got from it so far is so... They're, you're going to receive your $1,000, and if you're receiving other government benefits, you will not receive those anymore mm-hmm. unless they go above and beyond the $1,000. So yeah. in the case of maybe a woman with lots of children who's receiving food stamps, Medicaid, and KTAP, which mm-hmm. is like just cash money every month in the form of like... Is it really? Yeah, it's almost like um, child support from the government. So if you're not receiving child support and you're a single parent, you can get KTAP. You have to do some kind of like community service to receive it, but... Is that you just you Volunteer at the public library or some shit. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. yeah. So if you're receiving all that and it's above $1,000, then you would still receive, I guess, the difference yeah. between that. But if we're not teaching individuals who have relied on these social 
aides for what, however many years, how to budget their money. And we say, Hey, instead of giving you $400 a month in food stamps, you're about to get a thousand dollars and they go buck wild because they haven't had a thousand dollars before. What happens when they don't budget that well? And towards the end of the month, they don't have food because yeah. they're used to having food stamps, which is structuring how they can spend that money. And mm-hmm. now it's just, here's a thousand dollars. Figure it the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's going to be, it could potentially be very detrimental for people who sure. are less adept to dealing with surplus cash. Would you, would you guys, if you were getting an extra thousand dollars a month, would you guys quit your jobs? Fuck no. No. I wouldn't I mean, have. I don't <laughs> work this job for money. I'm saying though, I'm like, <laughs> for I'm real? saying that if, like people would take different jobs when when they had when they or could potentially take a different job when they're like hey there's this thousand coming in they may go do something that they real, really wanted to real do. real talk real uh-huh. talk i again like if i didn't have to worry about paying making ends meet i'd be a better social worker oh yeah mm-hmm. and i would still motherfucking do it because I stay doing this shit even though I could get paid way more money and not be stressed out and worried about somebody else's well-being like while I'm at home mm-hmm. that night. Yeah. I don't I don't think I'd take a different job, but I bet my husband would. Really? But like, I mean, yeah, he works in a factory and yeah, the reason yeah. he works there, I mean, it's not cuz he fucking loves that making duct tape. Sense. Yeah. Like he's yeah. not real passionate about the duct tape process. Yeah. He just That like, makes total fucking yeah. sense. And, but but if I uh, like if I won a million dollars, a million dollars, I would stay where I'm at. Obviously, you wouldn't be able to tell me shit. Yeah. Like if I was, you couldn't tell me if I was bro, in one of my moods, I'd be like, thing. I swear to God, yeah, you better not try me today. Yeah, I work my fingers to the bone for you people. <laughs> I'm yeah. a millionaire. This is how you treat me. Yeah, no, you, but I legit. I think that if I if I had the outlets that would be afforded by having that financial means and the insulation from responsibilities, financial responsibilities that that afforded, I think I would be less stressed out overall and more effective as a professional. Hmm. I think and I think that on a micro level if we're if we're taking it away from this dumbass like win a million dollars thing if we incentivized and we paid our professionals more, yeah, if they effectively need to double our salaries, yeah, well, they if effectively need to motherfucking double our salaries, um, it would it would change the quality of workers. People, there wouldn't be the same degree of turnover that there is. Um, I know I wouldn't get burnt out as fucking quickly if I was like. You know what? We're flying to fucking Chicago this Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I make 70 grand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, again, you make an enormously valid point that there would be, if you just cut a bunch of folks loose that are institutionalized, and, and that's really what it amounts to is how do we define institutionalization? Because institutionalization as we know it, isn't even called that. Mm-hmm. It's it's us being acclimated to a normative society, like mm-hmm. what we accept as normative. Then there are subsets, like the institutionalization that comes with like being incarcerated, being in a mental health facility, something like that. So anybody that's experienced which I would say like things like SSI, CIS, that kind of stuff constitutes 
institutionalization. It's an mm. institution that's providing for one of your most profound needs to cut individuals who haven't been afforded that skill set. Um, and oftentimes it's multi-generational to cut them loose with money with no direction associated with it would result in a lot of crashing and burning. How many million Americans do you think would be affected? If we were to just say 30% are, are in... Se- are- 700 million yeah. Americans. <laughs> <laughs> For real. Kaluta be 850 million Americans. <laughs> be 12 billion Kaluta. You way off. <laughs> no, but like, guess, like... Okay, that would be affected by... You, you said if 30% of... Low SES are what you would say institutionalized. Is Shit, you, it's higher than that. Yeah. I was, it's really? like 70%. I'm not one to contradict Chris because he is, he is a smart man. But Don't, yeah, it's do higher, not, it do, is higher than that. Higher than that. <laughs> yeah, yes. it, 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 low SES and um, being institutionalized in some sense, whether it be related to mental health, and again, or just it, re- receiving government funds, or receiving government funds, or the legal system, or working the system as a cultural value, which does mm-hmm. happen. That makes me again, goddamn sick. It, it, but it Wait, should. Why? Man. It huh? shouldn't, man. It, it's really? a survival mechanism. You yeah, can't, you can't fault people for doing that, and it's not yeah. like they living high on the hog. Yeah, for man, they they can still got them big ass box projection TVs in their living room. Those DLPs you, are really I'm mad or nail that they get a check. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's but, not. It's not about getting the check, but it's it's about knowing that you can do something different and choosing to do that. Otherwise. See, that's the different. They don't know. They don't. They, they don't know anything. They it, don't it know. Is as ingrained in them as like an, indi- oh, but I thought, an but indigenous. You, got, but you just said that they were. I thought the way you worded it was that <clears throat> that they chose that. That is a culture. They thing they are choosing it, but they're choosing it because it, that's what their parents do, and yeah. that's what not, their grandparents they, do. And, yeah, not because they even necessarily need services and i'm not okay. and never will i tread and make assertions too much about people faking mental illness or mm-hmm. something yeah. like that but again watch the documentary the wild and wonderful whites of west virginia there is a phenomena where you quote unquote get a crazy check mm-hmm. it's accepted that you're going to do that mm-hmm. and really that just correlates with this unruly ass, indignant, fatalistic behavior that's passed down from generation to generation in these low SES communities, co- old coal mining towns, and yeah. Appalachian, the Tennessee Valley, and uh, West Virginia, all that kind of stuff. These are these are smart people. These are sm- these are average to above average IQ, and and I dare say, in some cases, not really having a a mental health issue. It is just so simply culturally ingrained to do that as, and then hustle on the side. Yeah. You know, you, you've got your hustles, you get your check. Yeah. That's your, that's your means. That's your bread and butter. And they don't know anything outside of that. And on the flip side of that, individuals who may be of a lower IQ or who are struggling with a mental health diagnosis that could impair them from being able to work, there isn't a motivation, I guess, you know, passed down through their family to try. Well, mm. you know, my mom had PTSD and I have anxiety and she had anxiety and she didn't work because she was too anxious. Yeah. Well, instead of 
you know, feeling called or like you can work on that and let's take small steps and let's work with a team to help you get the skills so that you can feel comfortable and still work despite this diagnosis to whatever degree you feel like you can. Well, I'll just that's stay a home. great point. That is, that, that is an is, excellent that's, that's point really because point. that, really that, good. that kind of treads on that middle ground instead of being so extreme there, there's still the cases of people having legit like, anxiety or something like that but then there's that cultural overreaching cultural value system of well i'm just this way and this is my path absolutely Mm. and it's it's so hard because you can't look at a person no matter how familiar you are with mental health and go well i don't think it's that bad i think you could work yeah you you can't never your place yeah and even if you feel that way you can't possibly tell how that person is dealing with whatever diagnosis they have or whatever struggle they're going through so i can't say you know chris i I think you just need to suck it up and and go to work because it ain't that that bad. I I do hate when people say that shit. But at the same time, it's it's almost like some of those people maybe can't even tell. Like maybe I could just suck it up and I could work because they're being fed into by the culture that surrounds them, the people that are around them. That like, hey man, it's okay. You don't you don't have to try. You're good. Like you can stay home. You know you got that you got that diagnosis. You're done. Like mm. you're 25 years old and you're not going to work a day in your life because you don't have to. So, and, and then, and then simultaneously we have a social system that in many ways defines us by our occupation. And I think yeah, that that, that from the very beginning, what you do as one of the first things and the most profound defining factors about who you are as a human being is a sign of a sick society. Oh, fuck yeah. I mean, what what did you ask me when I sat down? Do Heather, what? okay. Tell, tell me more. Okay, I have kids. No, uh, I want And I work in mental thought, health. Yeah. Like, it's just... It's, I thought you were going to talk about just, like, doing, like, the competitive strongman lifting and stuff like that. I so. mean, I, I would love that that would be something further up the list that comes to my mouth. But, like, <laughs> just like Chris said, like, yeah. that's what we say. Like, who are you? Okay, what do you do? Yeah. You know, okay. And it, and it, it becomes without any kind of thinking associated with it. It's, a, it's involuntary. You can't help but... Alter the way you speak with someone. Yeah, it's like okay, I know how much respect to fucking give you, unless you were, were was raised right. And, mm-hmm. and you know, if what, you was raised people, right, you will treat a motherfucker uh, unless unless you know it, yeah. it's case by case. Yeah, if somebody is, uh, I'll be real. If somebody is acting like they kang dangalang and they <laughs> work at Arby's, yeah. Um, I I'm much less you when you worked at Hardee's as when you were a lot younger. Oh, well, I was a sandwich artist, my friend. <laughs> Anybody that got one of my thick burgers was like, I cannot believe it looked like it does on the sign. <laughs> like, this is fake. That's on Crip. <laughs> yeah, oh I would. I was meticulous. I would get like the edges of the lettuce where it was all frilly and shit and make it go all the way around and make sure the tomatoes wasn't fibrous. Oh my God. And then you got fired because you took too fucking long to make the sandwiches. No, I ain't been fired from (laughs) shit. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I thought that this was a really good conversation. I really did. Um, I love our, you know, our episodes that we call, you know, going down the rabbit hole. Um, I just, I did not know we would go in this direction, but I goddamn loved it. 
Um, and I, I'm very thankful that you were able to jump on with us. Where can people learn more about you? Or get, <laughs> she's she's like, on I don't like, you no, 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 no exposure. Let let, um, let 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 her unless she wants to shout out her strong shit. Yeah, yeah I'll shout. I'll shout that shit out. Um, yeah. so. As you all, Chris always does it. But shout out to Tyler Young. Yeah, Great A performance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Tyler's an awesome coach. Uh, a few a few weeks after I gave birth to my daughter three years ago, I was just like, shit, I'm fat. Please help me. Um, and the case. Just and, had a kid. Yeah. No, and I was like, man, you know, I don't want to run for a thousand miles every day. And yeah. this, this sucks. So uh, Tyler made me a promise. He was like, look, you, I know I've been talking this thing up. I know you think it's crazy. Come one time yeah. and I'll leave you the fuck alone. And I was like, okay, deal. I came, I flipped a tire it was awesome, yeah. and three years later, I just Tyler will meet you if you have been lifting your whole life and you think you know fucking everything. Trust me, Tyler knows more than you, but he will still help you. Yeah. Uh, but if you know nothing and you've been sitting on your ass yeah. and just had a baby and couldn't tell a dumbbell from your asshole, like Tyler will help you. A big difference there. So. Yeah, for well, yeah. for what some dumb, people. But yeah, so shout out to Tyler because he he comes correct and he's yeah, he awesome. does, and he he's overcome a lot to get where he's at uh he, he was born with a cleft asshole <laughs> <laughs> and now he's just a dirty socialist yeah and now he's a fucking socialist with a cleft asshole he's gonna hate us for this. oh dear god all right uh do we have any other shameless shout outs guys um well uh brian Yes, Brian Hines. He's he's busy as hell all the time. So he's working on his. He's new working house. He's on his house or or on a slip and slide. <laughs> I saw the picture of his hot tub. That shit looks awesome. I can't show my wife that because she wants that. I was like, we're not we're not doing that. Just you just work. got a pool, like I know. It's like gonna move. <laughs> yeah. So I just recently turned my pool to chlorine, and um, it's it's right now like once I More white people shit. Right? <laughs> I turned my pool into fire and brimstone. No, but I'm saying that because I've never like it's having a pool has made me love chemistry because once I put some of the I, it's seriously. like Fantasia over at Kalu's house. Right? It's like water. Yeah, but uh, when when I added some of the shock, it turned the water green. Like the whole thing just like. It that means that it's full of pee. It's so much pee in it, dude. Well, you are a pee in my That's how I filled it up. That's why it took yeah, so long. Yeah, I know. Yeah, for real. But it was it was crazy. And so now I'm just kind of waiting for that. But uh, it's been. It's just been sitting by my pool. Waiting for it to turn blue again. Like a big Nigerian Hank Hill. <laughs> yep. yep. I'll but, tell you what. I'll tell you what. Um, so that, that part has been. That part has been fun. But I will say. One thing that I'm happy for is that all the kids are back in school. So uh, during the summer was fucking crazy because there were like vandalisms and shit going on in my neighborhood. Because like the kids are, and we live in Coptown, USA. They did a panty raid on Kalu's house. I know they got all kind of Dude, good they, pairs. They, of set the, they set the seat of some motherfucker's Jeep Wrangler on fire. Like children are wild. I was like, "What the fuck, rascals!" Yeah, dude. I was like, "What in the world?" We didn't. So, we didn't burn cars out when I was a children. We we just played. Somebody's been going through my neighborhood and taking a um, exacto knife and slitting people's pools. Are you serious? Uh huh. Well, like, I'm, I'm insured. They can come mm. in my neighborhood if they want to. I'm insured. Uh, I got cameras and shit. I'm insured. Yeah. He does have cameras. Yeah. I bet he does. You've been uh, trying nothing funny. Yeah, for real. He'll get an alert on his phone and zoom in on your face. Yeah. 
<laughs> it does. <laughs> no, I, he showed it to me. Yeah. Um, so and then uh, it releases a drone. <laughs> it just kills and you. And it's got pepper spot. spray. Yeah. But uh, I'm glad that the kids are back in school. I'm. I can't wait for my electric bill to be not four hundred thousand fucking dollars again. So uh, that's going to be really nice. And uh, it'll be. It's because you run that shiatsu massage chair that you got no, all the time. You no, keep falling there's, asleep. There's just in someone it. in the house the whole time, you and keep I'm just falling like, asleep in your shiatsu. <laughs> just, just <laughs> <laughs> you're just over percolating. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you wake up, your belly hurts. <laughs> I drank too much chocolate milk and passed out in the shiatsu chair. <laughs> oh god. Oh yeah. So last week was uh, was my birthday. Turned 33 years old. Went and played top golf on Saturday or on Friday. That shit was fucking fun. But uh, uh, this this is leading to my shout out. Uh, I didn't eat as much as I like. I, I didn't eat like I normally would because I was like socializing and shit. And I also drank, and so I wasn't really feeling it. But what happens is that when I got home, we get into we pull into Bowling Green. And I was like fucking hungry, and I go to Capasa. Have you ever been there before? Mm-hmm. Have you been to Capasa Tacos before? It's the jump off. Dear twenty four hours, twenty four seven Mexican, and you can get lengua, you can get trepa, you can get all, carne dude. asada. Yeah, trepa. That's tripe, right? Hell and yeah! I but do not fuck with tripe, but, bro. <laughs> they they do it so fucking well. Like she cleans it out, and Ugh. then it's been boiled, and then it's been crispy fried. It will blow your motherfucking. I haven't motherfucking had crispy tripe, but oh, I just had it's just, good, I'm dude. Just like this is she like must, rubber. She no, it's it's tender. It's Ooh. like the most tender calamari, but it's like Ooh, it sounds good. I, I mean, I just always get the lingua. So. Hey, lingua fire. With it. Yeah. yeah, cabeza is fire too. Which one's cabeza? That's all oh, the. It's just all the me- the faces. Yeah, meats. Gonna, oh, kinda the like, faces. The faces <laughs> meat. And you got your cheek meat. <laughs> but what I got there, I got this thing called the super nacho, right? I thought it was just going to be a normal, like, play of nachos or something like that. And I was like, all right, cool. It came out super. with a dick on it. Was- and spin wheels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sparkling and, and Roman candles. <laughs> well, they, they, they throw and in this to go box or whatever. And they have the bag. And I lift the bag and I was like, oh, fuck. They just put, like, all of Mexico inside of, like, this tray right here. All of Mexico. Yeah. And so I get home and I open it up and I was like, Oh, it was it was like uh, if there was like a Gregorian chant happening as I was like they were like oh, away, yeah dude you said Enya is that what you said yeah, like, yeah was but there's like it was beautiful and there was so much food in there and so I'm sitting there just eating it and I was like hey babe do you want any she was like I'll just have whatever you, you don't eat or whatever you know thinking and I was like yeah alright cool I ate the whole motherfucking thing Damn. I, and look, that, the only thing more insulting is if you had burped in her face. At the end. Yeah, I was like, ugh. No. So I ate that whole thing and then went to bed like 20 minutes later. Aww. Have you ever woken up with like food like <laughs> in, your, in your throat? In your crop? No. Yeah. Just, in your gizzard? It was just all right there. And I was like, oh my God. And then on top of that, I had to shit like no. I took like four shits. It was fantastic, <laughs> dude. And I was supposed to run a 5K that morning. And I texted my buddy. You're I was like, like, that shit ain't happening. Yeah, I was like, I'm a thousand percent not going to be running this 5K, man. I oh took a God. shit the but size yeah, of my forearm. Dude, but shout out to, to K-Pasa. K-Pasa Tacos in Bowling Kentucky because their shit is really, It is the jump really off. Good. Yeah, it's good as And much. they deliver 24-7. You yeah. cannot beat that, dude. 24-7. 24-7. So I was yeah, telling bitch. my neighbors about this yesterday. No stiff, bitch. At their house at like one th- 2 o'clock in the morning or something like that. And I was like, you guys should just get some K-Pasa. And they straight up, it was, it was probably like 2.40 in the morning. They came over there with 
Super two super nachos and some chips and queso and salsa and all sorts. Look of at stuff. Brandon's face. I know he's Isn't so happy, game dude. Game it's a super. I'm like a child on Christmas. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I mean it was crazy, and the guy was so friendly and everything like that. I'm telling <laughs> so you, man. So friendly. He didn't call me nothing to... derogatory or nothing. Yeah. He didn't call me colored or nothing, man. I mean, oh he's just God. a good stand-up guy. You know what I mean? Oh I don't know. God. Some of you, some of you motherfuckers out here saying Mexicans need to leave the country. Like, <laughs> you forget that it is their culture that makes some good ass fucking food, man. I don't. At that point, I don't care and if you're. Go, I don't care how you're is, here. It is care. motherfuckers with a, a shirt with a, a, a t-shirt with a breast pocket tucked in. Yep. Today jeans. Yep. With a jean shorts. And they, jean shorts. And they ain't got no. They ain't got no butt. <laughs> no, and butt, they wear yeah. New Balance. Yeah, New Balance, and they definitely no have a mustache. And they're it's like, not, "Oh man, I don't like no Mexicans." But they, I love a Sheila Keelace. <laughs> I'll eat the dick out of a Sheila Keelace. A Sheila Keelace. Are you <laughs> saying enchiladas? Don't you? No, man. It's a it's a Mexican <laughs> dish, oftentimes used for breakfast. It's called Sheila Keelace, and it's like twice based breakfast, but nachos. I don't know what's happening. Knowledge. Uh, yeah, Sheila. <laughs> Keylace. It's not spelled like Sheila, like that bitch that used to yell on bus 18 and <laughs> punch people. It's, it's spelled with a C-H. Oh, okay. It's like Chalakows. Chalakows. Phonetically, it's spelled Chalakows. Get, get you some Chalakows. <laughs> Sheila Keylace. All right, guys. So oh what's Bartley Weaver doing? Bartley's being the fucking man is what he's doing. <laughs> so he just posted a thing. He's got a partnership with... Uh, is it Robert Irvine? Is that his name? Mm-hmm. Chef Irvine is what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like Fit just, Crunch. Yeah, Fit Crunch. And I guess he's like, I mean, he and Chef Irvine are absolute squad now. And so, um, and I, I believe that he is like, uh, Barley is the new, do they call him the Titan or something for the Tennessee Titans? Is the guy that walks out on the field that is not the mascot, but he's fucking jacked and he's dressed up like a... Like some Spartan. He just old slab of meat. What that boy is? I know me mascot. Shout out to Bartley (laughs) Weaver. Yeah, but he'll be coming out on the field looking like a fucking god, and so uh, that's going to be some cool shit. Super proud of him. Uh, We're waiting for him to get too big for Kentucky and leave, which is probably what's going to happen. I'm sure he's going to just. He'll take Kentucky with him. He'll take. Yeah, you're right. He will Mm -hmm. take Kentucky with him. Uh, He's he's just a great dude. I'm just really proud of him. do we have any other shameless shoutouts? I've got one. Else? I didn't realize yeah. we were starting shameless shoutouts when you asked me at Strongman and I gave Tyler a shout out. I have a shout out to my husband because um, he's the best and we were yeah. talking about coming on here and talking about my kids and obviously I wouldn't have my kids without my husband and shout it's out 2019. to- 2019. You absolutely Well, can. no, but sh- that's what I was going to say. <laughs> shout, out, shout out to single moms because if I didn't have my husband, like I would be fucking- dead because like yeah. he just i couldn't do it without having a partner like him that's so shout out to my husband up. that's awesome man yeah brandon do you have any shameless shout outs no brandon's a little bit wasted right now which yeah he is golly you do this weekend? i can tell that ketamine is still on top it's, of it's still on it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it totally he's in a k-hole right now <laughs> what'd you no, do i'm just i'm just a bike that can't stand right now you know i'm just too tired what in the fuck i'm just uh, I'm, I'm a just, bike that can't I'm just stand. a brave little toaster right now. It's because you hadn't mentioned riding your bike yet. You <laughs> yeah, just I know, to like pretty much. Fucking slide it in. Shout out to myself for. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Brandon's dead. No. He's absolutely dead. Brandon. Did you have fun at the bachelor party? Old no, o- no, I did. I did. Opium Den Waller. 
Sorry, I lost sound in my headphones. <laughs> oh, anyway. Yeah. All right, guys. I appreciate everything, or we appreciate everything. Thank you all for listening and taking the time to go through all this stuff as we travel down the rabbit hole. Again, I'm a huge fan of these episodes. And so if you found some value in it, shoot us a message at the Salumas Podcast on Instagram. Explain to, to me why Trump is a Republican. <laughs> Someone's going to say that. I don't give a fuck. He's not one. Let him. But, uh... Uh, hit us up on our website, www.thesalumas.com. Hit us up on Facebook. If you guys have any cool discussion ideas or if you ever want to go down the rabbit hole with us and just go through a bunch of topics that you might have on your mind, reach out. Let's go through them together. And uh, we appreciate you. And we... What? 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 I was just going to say this episode was like a factory that sells... Uh, and we are out. <laughs> I just... I don't know. What. It's like... Satisfactory. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my gosh. No. Say, no. say peace. Say peace. She look, he like,